you are invited to register and participate in Orthodox Christian Conversations on Racism, a six-week study of St. Paul's Letter to the Galatians, Saturday mornings, July 18th through August 29, 8 to 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 to noon Eastern. Join us as our diverse team of six teachers of the Bible present a chapter-by-chapter reading of Galatians, looking to St. Paul for instruction in these worrisome times fraught with division, social unrest, and deep-seated racism. Our presenters come from different walks of life. They serve as members of the clergy, a police officer, a nurse practitioner, ex-military, a homeschooling mother, and a teacher. Following Father Mark Bulos's book, Torah to the Gentiles, which we will be using as a secondary source, the series will explore St. Paul's letter as a cause for hope in time of peril and a path forward for our country. Each Saturday, a 30-minute presentation will be followed by 30 minutes of discussion with registered participants. Please join us as we turn to Scripture to heal ideological divisions and overcome racism pervasive in our lives, our families, our churches, and our neighborhoods. Register today at orthodoxservantleaders.com. You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed when they beheld... Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 43. Today's reading is from St. Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Timothy, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me before many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier on service gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to satisfy the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will grant you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descended from David, as preached in my gospel, the gospel for which I am suffering and wearing fetters like a criminal. But the word of God is not fettered. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain salvation in Christ Jesus with its eternal glory. This is our first discussion of one of Paul's uh, pastoral epistles, and we've discussed in recent episodes that Paul's letters to the churches were intended to be read universally, uh, as well as those letters such as Romans. And one of the supporting reasons that you stated this was the fact, you know, obviously that the church canonized uh, Paul's letters, and this one to Timothy is obviously no exception. That said, Father, it seems to me that the letters to Timothy and Titus are maybe more more personal as they're written to uh, individuals. Would you comment on these pastoral epistles in general and how, if, if at all, they differ from the other writings of Paul? Yeah, I think the answer is pretty simple, really. As you mentioned in previous episodes, we discussed how Paul's letters were intended to be read universally, and that was especially true uh, of the book of Romans. Right. And many of our listeners uh, may recall that you argued that Romans was written as an open invitation to all members of the Roman Empire and, uh, by extension, to the entire world, since it was from Rome that Paul was able to reach other parts of the world. Yeah, absolutely correct. But now, dealing with the pastoral epistles like that to Timothy, we could question all day, really with no 
firm resolution whether or not Paul's letters to these individuals were meant to be read universally. I don't mind uh, entertaining a brief discussion of that, and I would argue uh, there was that intent, or at least consideration, to be read universally, but we cannot conclude that, again, beyond any shadow of a doubt. What we can conclude, indisputably, is that these epistles were always considered as part of the New Testament canon once the Church began to canonize the letters and to canonize the New Testament. So in short, in the end, whatever Paul's intent, the Church saw the instruction in these letters to be not only of universal importance, but also to be considered part of the measuring stick, to be part of the canon. Okay, uh, a couple of quick follow-up questions based on uh, what you just said. Um, Maybe let's start first with uh, why you think Paul may have intended his uh, pastoral epistles to be universal. Again, speculation on my part, certainly not something dogmatic, but I think there's something interesting going on with the naming of the epistles. What you see is that the epistles are almost all written by Paul, but then you have a few extra ones added in. Specifically, you have James, John, and Peter. And what do these three have in common? (laughs) Well, my answer would be that uh, they all have epistles named after them, but (laughs) I think that was probably your point already. That's a good one. Uh, But the thing that they have in common outside of that is that they all had a major dispute with Paul over the issue of fully accepting the Gentiles. And the fact that they ultimately resolved this issue in favor of Paul's reading of Scripture and understanding of Jesus, of course, is reflected in the fact that epistles are named after them. And notably, the one with whom Paul had a major issue who does not have an epistle is Barnabas, who in the book of Acts split from Paul. So that, that's interesting. And I honestly, I mean, I don't know what to conclude of that. I'm just pointing out something that I've noticed. But the fact that all the others, and then Paul's trustworthy assistants or understudies like Timothy and Titus, have epistles named after them makes me think there's something more planned and systematic going on. And again, uh, one cannot prove or disprove this. I just point it out from interest and say perhaps Paul intended for all these letters to be read universally. Uh, it's a really interesting observation, Father. The The second follow-up question I had related to what you said about the New Testament and the canon of the New Testament being a measuring stick. Yeah, that's what the word canon means in the context of the New Testament. And for those unfamiliar, note that it's canon with one N in the middle, C-A-N-O-N, and not two N's in the middle, as in a cannon that shoots a cannonball. Uh, so a different word for those who aren't familiar with that. And again, that the New Testament was canonized means that the church recognized it as the measuring stick, meaning that everything, church doctrine, the practice of living a Christian life, everything must be measured against it to ensure that we're on the correct path, that we are measuring or assessing things correctly. Mm, That's very helpful. And that kind of leads into uh, my next question about the passage that I read earlier, uh, specifically in verse 2, Paul writes, And what you have heard from me before many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So, in my mind, Paul doesn't specifically reference uh, what these things are that he taught Timothy. Uh, And this uh, reminds me of the importance of uh, oral tradition in the church versus the idea of uh, sola scriptura. Father, any observations or comments uh, on the importance of uh, oral tradition in the church? Yeah, so to me personally, 
I believe this whole idea of oral tradition in the church has been far overplayed in modern times. Uh, perhaps I'm just guessing, but perhaps it's a backlash against what you mentioned, the doctrine of sola scriptura, and it's probably been amplified by the fact that in modern times the Orthodox Church in the Western Hemisphere is having to deal with Protestantism and has also received a number of Protestant converts to the Orthodox faith. So why do you say that the role of oral tradition has uh, maybe been overplayed? Well, I guess I don't know whether the role of oral tradition has been overly amplified or if the role of Scripture has uh, been minimized. But the reality is that no one can properly understand most of what's done in the Orthodox Church unless they truly understand Scripture. But in any case, uh, getting back to the more immediate question of Paul's statement, uh, and I quote, And what you have heard from me before many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. End of quote. Now, in saying this, Paul is not referring to anything he's not already written, or at least certainly nothing of great importance that he has not written. And I think I can easily convince you and our audience of this point. Okay, Father, the floor is yours. Well, we've discussed before the epistle of Galatians on this podcast, if I remember correctly. But as a reminder, or as a lesson for those who haven't heard, or if I'm misremembering and we haven't covered this, there is a general consensus that the first letter Paul wrote was Galatians. There are some who might argue otherwise, but regardless, Galatians is normally considered very early in Paul's writings. All right, I'm with you so far, um, but I'm interested how this relates uh, specifically to Paul's statement here in 2 Timothy. Yeah, so in the opening chapter of Galatians in verses 6 through 9, Paul says the following, and I quote, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. That's the end of the quote. And again, this is Paul in the opening chapter of Galatians, one of his earliest works. Okay, I think I, I see where you're going, uh, but perhaps you can uh, elaborate a bit more. Yeah, certainly. My point is this. Paul, in the opening chapter of his first epistle, tells the reader that nothing but the gospel as he preached it should be accepted. And then for the rest of chapter 1 and then five more chapters in Galatians, he puts in writing that very gospel. And by putting it into writing, it solidifies it so that no one else can authentically say later that Paul preached something else. And then after Galatians, Paul goes on to write many other epistles, clearly putting his teaching into writing. And it culminates in his masterpiece of Romans, the open invitation to all human beings to accept this message of the gospel. And so to conclude on the point I'm making, by referencing what Paul has told Timothy in private, Perhaps there were some things of importance that he never wrote. We can't know. But what we can know is that if anything contradicted what Paul wrote in his epistles, we should dismiss it by his very own argument from the book of Galatians. And so broadly speaking, I think Orthodox today need to be way more focused on Scripture. When you read the earliest fathers and the ecumenical councils, their arguments and disputes were about Scripture. You know, sure, oral traditions or even local customs often entered into the discussion, but ultimately what settled the arguments was turning to Scripture and trying to understand what Scripture was intending to say and trying 
to express to us. And so that should always, always, always be our focus. It's why Scripture is called the canon, the measuring stick. We measure ourselves against that standard. Thanks for your thoughts on that, Father. It's uh, definitely something that I hope we all take to heart. My final question for the day is in verses 4 through 6 of today's reading. Paul writes, No soldier on service gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to satisfy the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Father, what is Paul driving at here with his references to the soldier, the athlete, and the farmer? The message is quite simple. If one wishes to succeed as a soldier or as an athlete or as a farmer, then that person must focus 100% completely on that task. You can't be a great soldier and be non-committal. You cannot be an outstanding athlete and focus on other things. You know, look today at professional athletes. That's how they make their living. They're not amateurs. Their whole focus is on being an athlete. And farmers have to fully commit themselves because there are things that you have to do year-round in order to have a good crop in due season. And if you neglect any of those, then you'll have nothing or at least something very deficient in the end. And so Paul is expressing to Timothy that if a person wishes to be a good Christian and even more so a good Christian leader, uh, then that has to be their sole focus. They cannot let anything distract from that. And this relates to the hyperbolic saying of our Lord in the Gospel accounts, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. You know, obviously not a literal command, but stressing what Paul is stressing, that being a good Christian means making that the defining aspect of your life. Every thought, every decision, every action must revolve around how we may live according to God's will. Very helpful. Thank you, Father. Today's episode further reinforced Father Aaron's previous discussions of the universality of Paul's epistles, and he provided more details on the canon of the New Testament. The word canon means measuring stick in the context of the New Testament, meaning that the church recognized it as such. This tells us that everything from church doctrine to the practice of living a Christian life must be measured against it to ensure we are on the correct path. We then turn to the often debated topic of oral tradition versus that of Scripture. Whether oral tradition has been given too much emphasis or the importance of the role of Scripture has been given less prominence, the reality is that without an understanding of Scripture, the whole of Scripture, one cannot properly understand the traditions and practices of the Orthodox Church. Father Aaron further emphasized the importance of Scripture by reminding us of St. Paul's words in his letter to the Galatians, where he tells us that we should not accept anything other than the gospel that he preached. Paul then goes on to detail that very gospel in his letter, so that no one could falsely claim he preached any other gospel. Finally, we concluded by discussing Paul's references to the soldier, the athlete, and the farmer. The message here is simple. Just as a dedicated soldier, athlete, or farmer is fully committed to their task, as Christians we too must be fully committed to the gospel message and live our lives accordingly. This must be the defining aspect of our life. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Alleluia, glory to thee, O God. Alleluia, 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 glory to thee.